Thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today, I have Jeff Meacham of NoDQ.com fame back on the podcast to do a prediction for WWE Clash of Champions 2017. Jeff is the current three-time reigning, defending, undisputed NoDQ.com trivia challenge champion. So he's gracing us with his presence today. Jeff, how you been, man? You know, with that kind of intro, I can catch on my own show. I think that's fantastic. It's such a big build-up. Aaron never gets it right, so I appreciate you getting it almost right. It's wrestling trivia challenge, but that's okay. And still, NoDQ.com trivia champion. That is me, and you know what? It's been a crazy year, and WWE's looking to close it out with a very interesting pay-per-view this Sunday. Yes, absolutely. And I want to give a shout-out to that. So the NoDQ.com Wrestling Challenge. Is that the correct name? Wrestling Trivia Challenge. Okay, Wrestling Trivia Challenge is the full, proper name then. And uh, they've had some pretty good contestants on there, man. I got to tell you, I've been too busy to to send over my submission, but I need to get it done because when I watch those episodes, it's wild because, I mean, just like any other trivia game, obviously, it comes down to what questions you get. You know, it's so valuable. What questions are going to come your way? And every now and then I watch the episodes and I get every single question right. And I'm like, oh man, I could be the champion right now. Sometimes I watch, miss every single question. You know, it's just, it's so hit or miss. So. It's one of those things, Steve, where, you know, when you're in the moment, you don't, it's very much like the SATs. You can study all you want, but you never know what Aaron's going to throw at you on a given, on a given day. So it's kind of, you kind of just kind of hope for the best. And unfortunately on two different occasions, I, the first time I got beat, it was just a really horrible day and Greg, Greg Sherry had a much better uh, outing than I did. Last time I got beat at almost the end of the season this past season, um, it was just a matter of he, he was too better than me, and he got he didn't miss one. And David was an amazing challenger and a, and a great champion in, de, in defense. But at the end of the day, the year ends with Jeff Beecham on top, and I am so thrilled to be the three-time champion and honored three-time champion. And I'm grateful to be here with you, getting ready to predict Clash of Champions, which is uh, – Historically, been a good card for WCW and NBA, but also a decent card for WWE as well as that champions. Absolutely. Hey, let's get right to it, man. Uh, the, the night's going to start off with a pre-show match. We got Bree Zango. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's going to be part of the main show. The the pre-card's yes. going to be. Uh, wow, I just defaulted right to Bree Zango on the uh, on the pre-show. That's not good. Um, <laughs> that's that's terrible. I'm sorry, Bree Zango. I like you guys. I just I just assumed, and you know what happens when you assume, right? So. All right, the pre-show match is going to be Zack Ryder and Mojo and Raleigh. Uh, their tag team, the Hype Bros, recently broke up. Mojo with the big heel turn. Uh, Jeff, what are your thoughts on this match and kind of this feud, kind of what we've seen so far? I am legitimately surprised that it didn't happen sooner, number one. And number two, that Mojo's the one that turned heel. I figured with the popularity of him and, you know, being friends with Gronk and being a Patriots person that, you know, people either like or hate the Patriots. There's no real in between there. So um, I figured it, it could go either way with Mojo, I guess, but the, the, the intensity he'll turn is surprising to me. But I guess I shouldn't be surprised because everybody seems to love Zack Ryder, except for NoDQ.com because Zack apparently blocked him. Um, oh, wow. I figured that. I didn't know Well, that. you know, to be fair, Zack Ryder cost Aaron his hair. So, you know, with the whole WrestleMania win last year. So, not, not surprising that Aaron would get, NoDQ.com's account would get blocked by Zack Ryder. <laughs> Some very unflattering comments sent his way. But you know what? Rightfully so. He cost Aaron his hair and beard. I'd be upset too. Um, 
as far as a match prediction, I, I really, it's one of those things where I don't care enough to make a detailed prediction. I will say that I think if they're going to keep Mojo's, Mojo going, so to speak, he needs to win Sunday. So I will say him only in the with the pretense that WWE actually goes somewhere with Mojo. Yeah, I'm actually right on there, right on board with you, man. I also want to mention these predictions are brought to you today by WrestleRumble.com in their uh, their amazing contests over there. So, you know, as you guys are listening to us doing our predictions, make sure you go to WrestleRumble.com and get on their Clash of Champions uh, Pick'em contest because the uh, the first place prize for this contest is $500 cash and a custom, authentic WWF Winged Eagle Championship belt. So... That's a hell of a prize. That's, that's a pretty sweet deal. And I'll tell you what, if you go to RussRumble.com right now, and if you win, let me know and via Twitter or Instagram, however you want to let me know. I will find a way to get uh, NoDQ.com shirts sent your way as well. Dude, hell yeah. So I know uh, Matt over there at WrestleRumble will appreciate that too. So I'll make sure he lets you, I'll let him know that that's going on as well. So, uh, okay. Good deal, man. That's awesome. Um, and so once again, make sure you're making your pace along with us. I'm also choosing Mojo Rawley in this one. Same reasons as you. You know, it, it's just kind of, it's just kind of there, right? I mean, I, it's one of those things where had the Hype Bros been like a bigger deal as a tag team, this would hold a lot more significance. But it just kind of is what it is, you know. The fact that this match bumped Breezango off the pre-show is pretty significant in of itself. Hey, that's a perfect segue right into Breezango versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, you know, the Bludgeon Brothers have been a team that I've been kind of lukewarm on, mainly just because of the presentation. Like, I'm a huge fan of Luke Harper, as as I'm sure many people listening to this show are. I mean, Luke Harper is great. He's been underutilized, in my opinion, his whole WWE career. And Eric Rowan's still solid, you know, and he was made for the Wyatt family as, like, their Frankenstein monster is, is kind of how I've heard it described. And we're seeing a little bit... Di- but I, I don't know if it was you that I saw mention it on Twitter, but I agree with whoever I saw talking about Rowan needs to drop the, the sheep mask because it, it's too Wyatt family. Um, I think I think that was the collective consciousness of NoDQ.com saying if they're going to go full tilt breakaway from Wyatt family, but then he needs to lose all facets of that gimmick, including the sheep mask. Yes, so that that's it right there, and, and I couldn't agree more. But this is a good tag team. You know, Breezango... They had their uh their kind their moments, you know. The fans were really behind them during all those uh all those vignettes and skits and stuff that they were doing with the fashion police, yep. fashion files, and now that seems to kind of have petered out. Uh, Jeff, what are your thoughts on this match and what's your prediction? Yeah, it's one of those things where you don't you don't really know what to expect from either team because the, the Bludgeon Brothers, Harper, I believe I, I could be wrong. I have to go back and watch the videos we were posting. I believe I picked Harper as the most underutilized person of this year. Luke Harper is an amazing talent. The guy can go, and he's so much better than he's been allowed to do the last even 18 months or so, Um, maybe even longer. Uh, Rowan, I like Eric Rowan. I I, I think he's too gimmicky even for WWE, which is a hard sell. But this, this Bludgeon Brothers thing, has the potential to be good, but it's a little bit on the gimmicky side. I know it's a lot, you know, a lot to ask them to be not be too gimmicky, but I think that the intensity of the team can go places. Now, they've been doing squashes for the last few weeks, so Brazongo, if they want to keep any sense of credibility left in them that they have, they need to have a decent showing against them, and I don't think it's going to happen. 
Harper and Rowan need to just come out here and just beat the crap out of Breeze and Fontango in order to establish further dominance. I think that's what's going to happen. I think the, the Bludge Brothers are just going to come out and just beat the crap out of these two guys. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, shout out to Colin Delaney, the returning Colin Delaney, I should say, yes. uh, and a uh, screaming guy who's become famous online, so... Yes, the screaming guy definitely made his uh, presence known on SmackDown. <laughs> Whatever his name is, he made he made a name for himself as a screaming guy. And the Bludgeon Brothers, I mean, I, I agree with you, man. It's too gimmicky for my taste, at least. You know, I I don't know how people like myself are supposed to really attach to like this group. That's like they're it's it's weird because it, they still kind of feel like members of the Wyatt family from the sense of like I guess they still hang out in the woods and stuff or whatever they're doing. Yeah. But then they got like they hit the ground with these with these uh the they, they remind me of like in Super Mario Bros the guys who threw the hammers the hammer bros or whatever they call them yeah the hammer brothers yeah I remember yeah it's it's yeah. All, all I know is it seems to me that everybody that was labeled with the Wyatt family lack of Midas touch seems to remain gimmicky gimmicky except for Ron Strowman look at the thing with Bray Wyatt and the Hardy right now. That has the potential to be something truly extraordinary from both Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. And the vignette on Monday was just a little bit overproduced, I thought. So I agree 100%, man. I agree 100%. Um, up next, man, let's uh, let's do AJ Styles Jinder Mahal, WWE Championship. Okay. We'll jump right into it because we were both talking uh, before we started recording. We, we're assuming that the uh, the tag match will be on last. Um, so let's, let's just jump into the, the world title match real quick. And you mentioned also off-air, and I want you to definitely give me your thoughts on this, because I agree with you. Um, this AJ Styles-Jinder Mahal match just doesn't seem that important. My assumption is that it's because of Mahal. I mean, like, my thing is this, before I even get your opinion, I hated Jinder Mahal as the world champion. I thought it was the worst, just, it was just a terrible example of, and I hate, like, racial profiling and stuff, but it was just a terrible example of, like, let's give this guy the most prestigious championship in the world of professional wrestling because of one specific market we're trying to, we're trying to cater to. And he, but it, but it would have worked better if, like, the guy was a solid in-ring performer with, like, a good gimmick, good character. But more importantly, had he actually had a build to be a believable champion because he never got out of jobber status. Even as the champion, he seemed like a jobber. So, so to me, this match seems like the same thing all over again. AJ Styles, who's the most, possibly the best performer in the entire world in any company, versus kind of a guy that I still view as a jobber. What are your thoughts on this? I agree 110%. You know, it's funny. In a time where, you know, um, you have a, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling basically, you know, bringing themselves up to global status as far as um, as far as championships uh, championships go you got Okada who's been the most dominant champion in wrestling over the last year and a half two years who's beaten you know Kenny Omega Kenny Omega had an amazing feud last year this past year and then you have the WWE Championship who went from it went from AJ to um, Bray Bray to to Jinder Mahal, and yeah, those guys were dominant as champion, but they weren't Okada and Omega this year at all, and unfortunately, AJ Styles, who 
is a great wrestler, arguably, as Brian said, the greatest in-ring worker of this generation, was lumped into a situation where he almost had to win in order to save the title. And it wasn't so much about AJ being champion, it was about Jinder Mahal not being the champion. And that's very unfortunate for the status of the WWE Championship when you've got the IWGP Championship becoming so prestigious. We've got Cody holding the Ring of Honor Championship, which is fast becoming the most important championship in North America. I, I, I firmly believe that. Um, the match itself, Sunday, like you said, it's got no steam. When you've got this amazing feud with Owens and Zayn and Shane McMahon uh, being presented to us, the WWE Championship has definitely become a secondary concept on SmackDown. So I, I think in order to... Uh, give the title credibility back. They cannot have Jinder Mahal win the title, but I don't think they want Jinder to look weak either. I think they still are really high on him. So I think, if anything, we're going to see AJ retained by disqualification. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, I can't see them putting that title back on Jinder either, and I agree with you on everything that you said. I mean, it's it's just one of those things, you know, I was actually saying while Jinder was the champion, like right kind of around the time he got the title, and, you know, the real casualties of all this were, like, Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura, like, because they had to lose to him throughout this process multiple times. And I, w and I was saying, regardless of how much they're behind Jinder Mahal, when he's no longer the champion, he's totally fucked from, like, every angle because there's, there, like, there's no... Because there was no build between jobber and champion and really nothing to make you think he was a legitimate champion, even as champion, because he had to cheat with the Singh brothers and great Khali and stuff to win all of his matches. Like without that title belt, he isn't, he's kind of worthless. And I, and I don't mean this is a knock to him as a human being. It's just, it's like, where, what's the value in having a feud with Jinder Mahal if he isn't the champion, but beating him also doesn't mean anything because he's still a jobber. So what's he really there for? It's very much a catch 22 in that his, he was so devalued during both his runs in WWE prior to winning the championship. I mean, look at WrestleMania. He was the freaking last man out in the Andre Battle Royal and got eliminated by Gronk. Yeah. Like, yep. Seriously. Yeah. Like, people don't forget Mojo, that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mojo didn't eliminate him. Gronkowski eliminated him for that match. Let's be honest. Yep. So, you know, at the end of the day, he went from, you know, WrestleMania last jobber standing, uh, last jobber eliminated to the world champion a couple months later it's like it was one of those things that you just sit back and go what just happened right and there's guys like you know, cody rhodes you know, who literally had to quit the company for a chance <laughs> you know you know what i've said this all year god bless cody for making his own way and showing vince mcmahon and everybody else that he doesn't need them yeah, it's it's a humongous thing for the world of pro wrestling because the trickle-down effect has been massive. Even to smaller companies like the, the shows that I go to here in Nashville, like a small company called Southern Underground Pro. I mean, even like those guys, like there's a trickle-down because there there's there's like th – these guys, believe it or not, I mean you would know this because you're, you're very much a part of the scene. But like there's – Cody Rhodes has done so many like smaller shows and stuff around like regionally that a lot of these guys – that work even smaller shows than that have worked shows with guys like Cody now, and they get so much better just because now they can pick the brains of guys like Cody, like guys like maybe Neville if he's going to go back out on the scene, guys like Austin Aries. It's like these guys are going back on the scene, but now everyone's actually making some money out on the indies also. It was a time, it was a very recent time ago, 
that the indie circuit was damn near on its deathbed. And now you've got guys like Cody Rhodes, like the Young Bucks, like Joey Ryan, like, you know, everybody that's big, you know, like Kenny Omega in Japan, like Okada in Japan. All these independent talents or talents that are not contracted to WWE are all of a sudden making their, making their waves, making their names known again. And it is a good time to be an independent wrestler and a great time to be a fan of independent pro wrestling. And I think that 2018 is going to be better. I think 2018 is going to be the year that New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to go. Yeah. So, having said that, the WWE Championship match is not going to live up to normal WWE Championship expectations, even with AJ with the title. I think AJ needs to retain the title, and I think that he, like you said, beating gender clean means nothing because he doesn't lose, he, he doesn't win clean himself. So I think it needs to be a schmaz finish just to keep both guys quote-unquote strong. There you go. So once again, my prediction, as well as yours, AJ Styles. I think that's a pretty easy one. You know, regardless, regardless of how it happens, AJ Styles has to leave uh, Clash of Champions as WWE Champion, in my opinion. Yes, sir. All right, up next we have, this is an interesting one, man. We got a triple threat match for the WWE US Championship. We got... Baron Corbin defending his title. I forgot he was the champion, to be honest. Uh, versus Bob versus Bobby Ziggler versus Bobby Ziggler versus Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Um, ah, man, this is just one of those things for me, man, where I'm like, they wanted to do Roode versus Corbin, it seemed like, but now it seems like they need Ziggler in there to take the pinfall or submission, possibly to to help like legitimize either Roode or Corbin. I I don't know. I don't I don't really know. Ziggler has been so devalued, in my opinion, that, like, I don't even care that he's in the match. And that's a sad thing because I think he's great in the ring. Like, I'm with everybody else on that. And then you got Bobby Roode. You got Baron Corbin, who I said I forgot was even the champion. I don't know, man. I think this will wind up being a good match. Uh, as far as your thoughts on this match and prediction, what do you got, Jeff? Well, it's funny you mention Ziggler because it's a funny story that goes back to Dolph Ziggler and a, and a friend of mine who's in a... Uh, Guns N' Roses tribute band called Paradise Kitty. If you follow Dolph Ziggler on Instagram, you saw the promo he cut at Starcade with Ric Flair next to him. Dolph Ziggler is wearing the Paradise Kitty t-shirt in that promo. Oh, so nice. For me, Dolph Ziggler is a personal uh, favorite and a, and a pretty, not I wouldn't say friend, but definitely a, a pretty uh, decent acquaintance of mine. So for Dolph to be in this match is cool for us on a personal level with everybody that's involved with the band. But like you said, he's definitely in there to take the fall. I, I think that's pretty clear because Barrett can't take the fall clean and lose because then that kills the momentum he's built and built and built as U.S. champion. And at the same time, Bobby Roode can't take a fall and still be glorious. So as far as a winner, I'm going to stick with Baron Corbin retaining only because Bobby Roode doesn't need the U.S. title. The U.S. title means Bobby Roode, but I don't think they're gonna put it on him. They're gonna put it on somebody else eventually, and Corbin will walk out of the pay-per-view as champion. Yeah, I like your line of thinking. I don't, I don't know because I, I agree a hundred percent with what you said. Though I think the U.S. Championship needs Bobby Roode, and I think they need to give him something to make him seem like a bigger deal than how he's been presented so far. Because coming in from coming in from NXT as their champion. Like, I did a list of my top prospects who had never won the uh, WWE World title a few months back, a few months prior to Bobby Roode um, 
uh, debuting on the main roster, and I had him at number one. I was like, this guy is so money with how they're using him as gimmick, his theme song. But then he came up, and I don't know. I mean, I, I know he's he's still Bobby Roode. I mean, he's still the same dude we've been watching since, you know, TNA and even maybe before that. But, like, I, I just felt like this was the time. Like, if they were going to give him the belt, let him do it in a one-on-one match. Let him beat Baron Corbin because, I mean... As much as they've tried to build Baron Corbin, he's also lost to Sin Cara and stuff, like, throughout the process. Like, so, I, I'm still not even sure they really even know what to do with him. So, it, we, want, we want to know what's the most baffling for me is is that Baron Corbin wins the U.S. championship in, it was in a three-way match, right? Because so. because the next SmackDown, he beat AJ Clean anyways for the for the title that, like, the title was, right. yeah. So I don't I never understood that. Like if you wanted to put Baron Corbin over and you were gonna let him beat AJ anyways, why wouldn't have you done it that way? Because it it just it just seemed to be all backwards. Well the whole at least it used to be the whole line of thinking was if you do it on TV, more people see it, although more people on the network now than they ever used that paper So yeah, I I don't know if that logic is still applicable in two thousand seventeen. Right. But at the end of the day, Baron Corbin for for all we people just like him. For the record, Baron Corbin's a favorite of mine. He's my son's favorite wrestler in the company right now. So he has been since he was in NXT. Dylan saw him, the entrance and everything, and was like, that's my guy. And he's liked him ever since. He's actually getting a Baron Corbin figure for Christmas. So um, there you go. Hey, I want to ask, uh, ask your opinion from from his perspective. Does, does he like Corbin's new entrance and stuff? Because I thought his older stuff was better, like his old music and walk out and all that. I think the presentation is better. Is better. Um, uh, I, I I think I, I think the whole biker sounds in the beginning was really cool. That's why Dylan liked it. But he's seen the whole thing with the wolf uh, head on the structure and everything. He likes it still. So, okay, cool. You know, it just it, it really depends on your point of view, I guess. I'm not a fan of the music either way, personally, my own self. But my but my kid likes it, so there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I think Corbin is going to retain walking out as champion. I think uh, that Ziggler, you know what? I'm going to make a bold prediction. I say Corbin beats Rude. Wow, okay. Um, I'm going to take Rude over Ziggler. I'm just going to take it. But I, 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 can't, I can't argue what you're saying by any means. I'm just going to go with Rude just for the sake of, one, for the sake of being a little different, but for two, the sake of... Uh, I just think that they're going to put... I think they're going to put the U.S. title on Bobby Roode at some point, and it'll either be now or it'll be a few months down the line. I don't know. Uh, unless unless they push him towards the main event and get him in the world title picture. Because otherwise, I don't know... I don't know what you do with him otherwise. I was going to say, what does surprise me about Roode on the Raw Rumble? Oh, wow. Okay. That's a that's a very bold prediction. I, I hadn't even thought about that. I'm just... I'm, just, I, I'm not saying it's my prediction. I'm just throwing it out there as a main. Okay. Hey, you heard it here first? Possibly. I don't know if you've said that anywhere else yet. I haven't said anywhere else on many of my shows. All right. Fight Talk exclusive. I like it. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Up next, I know this is a match that you're looking forward to. You're you're a very big advocate of the women's wrestling. We have Charlotte Flair defending her championship against Natalia. Um, you know what? Go ahead and just take it away, man, because I can't do it enough justice. These are two of the best women in the world. What, what do you think about this? These are my two favorite people in the company as far as uh, SmackDown goes. I still love Alexa Bliss on Raw, but Natty, Natty's an old favorite of mine. Natty and I are actually Twitter buds. We actually communicate back and forth on Twitter. She's she's a wonderful lady, and her uh, 
problem with Natty, and I, I've said this from the beginning, she's probably going to give me crap for this the next time I talk to her, her promos are just not there as a heel. Like, it almost comes off as she's trying too hard because she's such a sweet person. She's not, she's not this arrogant, you know, queen of black hearts, you know, for lack of a better word, bitch that she portrays. She's actually a very sweet lady. And I think having her be the heel in all this is the wrong way to go. I think they should have had Charlotte win the championship, had the moment with Nate, and, they, and then, you know, turn the corner again and turn the, turn the heel switch back on. And they didn't do that. If I'm booking this, and I'm not saying this is my prediction, but if I was booking this, I would have the turn be in this match. Do a Steve Austin, Bret Hart moment where they have a double turn. But they won't do that because it's the women. They don't value the women enough like that. They, they say they do, but they don't. Um, I think the Lumberjacks are going to have a part in this, and I think mainly the Riot Squad's going to have a say in who walks out of here as champion. And I have a very, as, as they say in the movie that came out actually today, I have a very bad feeling about this. Um, although it's not actually in the movie. I actually saw the movie. It's not in the movie, believe it or not. Um, uh, I will say Natalia wins due to shenanigans. Wow, okay, and I forgot to mention that this was a Lumberjack, lumberjack match, or I should say a Lumberjill match. That's what I almost I, said. I, I, you know what? I, I, I'm thinking about what I just said. I, I've actually had a lot of heels being picked here, so... Uh, I don't want to have to be a heel-heavy show, but I don't think it's going to be that way. Um, you know what? I'll stick with the tie Okay, I'm, I'm going to take Charlotte, but I think that, I, I think that they're definitely building... Well, I don't know. I'm gonna take Charlotte, but but it's one of those things where like it's her, her it's almost her gimmick to keep losing then rewinning the title. So like it wouldn't surprise me to see her lose and then win it back again, like to add to her her number. You know what I mean? So like, well, I, I mean the, the the difference is she started out as the women's champion and then Sasha kept beating her and won it back and won it back. She had to fight to be SmackDown champion. Right. That's very true. So, another good point um being you know that you are such a fan of women's wrestling jeff uh, and you mentioned the riot squad what have you been kind of been your early thoughts on the riot squad and absolution all kind of coming up together at the same time um you know i, I honestly don't know yet I, I wish i had a stronger opinion than i don't know but it, it's one of those things where the women's divisions both definitely needed a boost i just think that having two groups attack for two or three straight weeks and then both of them getting rebooked at the end of the, at the end of the build the class of champions this week both being turned back this soon um kind of works it doesn't work only because it works in that um the women's division division unite and look strong against these these uh infiltrators if you will but the, the heel faction didn't have enough time to really build momentum now Paige being back is definitely good news on all fronts. She was definitely missed, and she's absolutely right when she said she was the forerunner to the women's evolution all along. With AJ Lee, let's not forget AJ in this equation. But she will be back, so there you go. Um, and Emma, also. 
and, 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 you know, and Emma, both of them now are gone, and I think that's a crock of crap. But if you look back at the history of the women's evolution, it does indeed trace back to NXT arrival and Paige versus Emma, the amazing title match they had on that card. So, you know, that, that's where that goes. I like, I love Paige being back. I do like Mandy Rose. I think she's gorgeous, and I think she's got enough talent. And being the uh, tough enough uh, personality back in the day definitely helps her. Um, I like Sonya Deville. She's got that good MMA feel. Although, with Shayna Baszler coming in, I'm interested to see where they put her on the roster. Now that she's coming to WWE full-time, interesting to see that. On the SmackDown side, Ruby Riot has a, a different, like, unique look, to be sure. I think her gear needs work, though, because the first week she came in, she had that like, kind of half-pants thing where her half her, her uh, left thigh, I believe, was exposed. All the tattoos were showing. It wasn't a good look uh, uh, clothing-wise, so we'll see how that plays out with her presentation. I do like the fact they brought Liv Morgan up, but Liv Morgan is such a better baby face. She's got that spunky personality. It's not working for her being a bad guy. And uh, Sarah Logan, again, is one of those things. She was in that Bay Young Classic, I believe, and she's got a lot of raw talent that has not been um, utilized yet. So I like both factions, and I think that the Riot Squad will have a definite impact this Sunday at the Jack match. I like it. I like the insight, man. You know, I, I think that the main reason that these women have all been brought up around the same time, and I'm sure other people are talking about it, but, you know, because you mentioned, like, Mandy Rose and uh, and Liv Morgan, you know, kind for me, they're kind of out of place amongst, like, the, the groups, just kind of with their looks and what they... And to me, it really just kind of screams, we need to get as many women as we can on the show at one time because we're planning to do a women's Royal Rumble match in January. Yeah. So we need more personalities on screen that people know, which is, I have no problem with that. Um, but I think that we'll kind of see some, you know, maybe these groups dissolve after the rumble or maybe they'll change them up a little bit or something like that. But, um, what are your thoughts on a, on a women's Royal Rumble match possibly happening? You had any early predictions or anything for that? I believe I talked about this with Greg Cherry. I don't know for sure. It may have been just a private conversation, honestly. But yeah, remember, the Royal Rumble started with 20 people in the first, 20 men in the first place. It would not surprise me one iota if the women's Royal Rumble, the first ever women's Royal Rumble, was a 20 woman Rumble. Okay. And I think they have, you know, more, more than 10 on each show, I believe, in theory. So they could definitely do this. And I think it'd be cool to have a three hour pay per view, maybe even four, if they're going to make the Royal Rumble a four hour like the other shows, and have the women start and men in. I like that idea, man. And hey, they can do a twenty woman, or they could do a thirty woman. And you know, one thing that I, one thing that I think would be really cool about a thirty woman Royal Rumble match is the possibility for the surprise entrance because we've we've never had a women's Royal Rumble match, and we might be able to see some of the women that we may have kind of not been seeing the last handful of years. Maybe some women we forgot about. Um, like I'd love to see someone like Jackie Moore pop up. Like I miss her. I love Jackie, you know, like just women like that. I haven't seen in a while. It'd be cool to see him kind of get another, uh, moment in the spotlight and kind of see that going, you know, forward each year. I think the pop that Trish Stratus would receive in Philadelphia would be extraordinary if she were to walk out for that Royal Rumble. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It'd be electric. Yeah, it would. It really would. And you know, there's a lot of women that, you know, still have that, athletic ability in them, even being retired as long as they have, 
like Trish, like Medusa, or excuse me, Alundra. Um, right. Girls like that, where you know they can still have a brief. Cam- I mean, look at Dallas Page. DDP came in at 60 years old and was in both the Royal Rumble and the Under the Giant Battle Royal. So you know, if, if Dallas can do it at 60, 61 years old, these women that are still going to can do it too. Dude, he looked great. He was dropping diamond cutters all over the place. The people were <laughs> loving was. it. it was awesome. God bless <laughs> Dallas. You know, seriously. Absolutely. Cool. We'll uh, we'll move on from that. We'll talk. Uh, Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Championship match up next. We got uh, the Usos defending their titles against the New Day. Uh, also against Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable and Rusev and Aiden English. Uh, the surprise in this mix to me is Aiden English and Rusev, just from the perspective of, you know, a month or so ago, I would have never expected them to really even be a tag team, nonetheless, you know, a tag team that I could see possibly even winning this match. Um, and it gives Rusev and English something interesting to do because... I'm one of those guys, I've, I've taken a lot of heat for it throughout the years, actually. I'm not a huge Rusev fan, like, as a pro wrestler. As a, as a person, he lives here in Nashville. I've heard he's a great dude. He's a funny guy. Like, I hear nothing but great things about Rusev. I've just never been a big fan of his character, but I am a big fan of Aiden English, and I have been since NXT. I just think he's unique, he's different, he brings something new to the table. Um, So it's cool to see that team in there. And, you know, I'm still 50-50 on whether I, I like Shelton and Gable, you know, any more than I liked American Alpha. Uh, the New Day, we've said this every time we've talked to each other, Jeff, and it's been, I guess, years now, technically. It's like, when's the New Day going to break up? Because we've been saying it for I don't know how long. And, and, then, and then we have the Usos who are doing the best work of their career, in my opinion. Uh, Jeff, what are your thoughts on this matchup, and who do you think is going to win? Well, you know, we were mentioning the New Day, and I mentioned this on one of the new shows there, and New, the New Day and the Usos had their best year this year. Both of them. I think the, the New Day, as dominant as they were as Raw Tech Champions, they, them and the Usos had one of the few of the year this year, and they made the SmackDown Tag Titles the titles to win this year. No question about that. I agree 100%. Um, now, and, remember, and just remember one thing for this match, Stephen. Every day, including Sunday, is Rusev Day. Right. I like that prediction. I like that prediction a lot. Um, and I agree with you, man. I think the New Day, I, I just kind of joked that, you know, we've been saying it for years because it just, it always it always just feels like it's right around the corner. Because even like right now, like I agree with you totally that the New Day versus the Usos was a great feud. I really liked their Hell in a Cell match. The storytelling in that match was phenomenal, especially by Xavier Woods. I thought it was great. Um, and, you know, but now it's like, if they don't win the belts back, they're not going to go on another big run. Like, it feels like this is going to be the time soon. Like, it feels like that again, doesn't right. it? Right, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um, but you know what? I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take Shelton and Benjamin and uh, Chad Gable also. I think that they're flying under the radar. Um, I think that they need to pull the trigger with that team now because they didn't really do it with American Alpha. Like, they, they could have really struck while the iron was hot with American Alpha and they they just they really hurt them. I remember when they uh they created the, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships and they were clearly gonna win that tournament. Like they were steamrolling everybody and then injury took them out of the tournament. The Usos won it and they never regained the steam. Nope. And and if you look at the history of the team now, Jason Jordan got brought to Raw with this huge momentum push and has become 
the most hated baby face since Rocky Maivia. Okay? Everybody hates this guy. Um, well, Chad Gable uh, totally, he got totally left in the dust, completely left behind with no anything. And then Benjamin got hurt when he was supposed to team with him the first time. So they just now got to the point where they've got a little momentum. But like you said, they're fighting under the radar. They're not noticed as much as the other teams are, which is why I think they're going to come in and surprise everybody on Sunday. I like it. I like it. And I also, I also want to mention, you know, I've been saying it once again since probably one of the first times I saw Chad Gable wrestle in NXT and heard some of his promos. I've been saying for a long time, I think that he's a future WWE champion. Like, he's one of those guys that is, he's so good in the ring. And he's still very new in, like, the world of pro wrestling. I mean, obviously, his amateur and Olympic background has helped him tremendously. But, you know, I just think that this guy is so money, and he's he's funny on the mic, he can talk. And when he, well, you, you mentioned, you know, the the um, that storyline where Jordan went over to, to Raw, and there was, like, a few weeks kind of leading up to that where Gable was doing singles matches and doing really well, and the crowd was seeming to kind of get behind him. So I think there's a lot of money to be made with him at some point as a singles wrestler, but for now I do like his tag team with, with Shelton Benjamin for what they're doing. Agreed. Absolutely agreed, sir. Awesome. Well, let's talk about the main event, Jeff. This is uh, this one could go a lot of different ways uh, for a lot of different reasons. We've got Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn with special guest referees Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan added stipulation, if Owens and Zayn lose, they are fired from WWE. Jeff, take it away, man. What are your thoughts on this one? Who you got winning? I'm going to let you go first. You want me to go first? All right, cool. You know, I, I like it. You know, sometimes we, we like to switch off back and forth, but, you know, with someone like you on here who gives such, you know, you know, such detailed insight, I like to give you the, the first go so you can get all your thoughts out there. But I'll... uh. I'll take it away for this one. So, man, this, you know what I would love is a Daniel Bryan heel turn, even though I don't think that it's, <laughs> even though I don't think that that's where they're going to go with it, especially if he's going to come back and wrestle. You know, if, if it's going to happen, there's no way the fans are going to boo him. So, you know, <laughs> this is, this is a tough one, man, because obviously in real life, quote unquote, you know, in real life, there's no way Owens and Zayn are getting fired from the WWE. So like so storyline wise, it could possibly happen. It could pot and it could lead to a, you know some other possible storyline. Um, I like the build up for this match. I love Shinsuke Nakamura. I still love Randy Orton. Uh, I still think that Orton is very good at what he does with his position in the company. Uh, I think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are two of my favorite guys in the world. You know, I'm a I'm a massive. I mean, I talk to you about Owens. I think every time that we talk, I, I just one of those guys. You know. I really, really enjoy his work, especially for his size. I like him on the mic. And Sami Zayn is doing phenomenal stuff as a heel so far. Like, he needs, you know, credit where it's due. I think that Owens and Zayn win the match. I don't know. I don't know if Randy Orton turns on Shinsuke at some point. Something just seems fishy to me about the Shinsuke Orton uh, team. And maybe Orton could benefit from shaking it up a little bit. I don't know. Uh, maybe Shinsuke could even turn because Orton, Zayn, and Shinsuke maybe like could be a thing. But I, I don't know. Th- that's what's so cool about this match. There's so many possibilities. What my I'm going to guess that Owens and Zayn win the match, and it's Daniel Bryan that counts the three. But it isn't because of some collusion between Bryan and Zayn. I think he's just the one who kind of has to swallow his pride and count the three at the end of the match. Um, what are your thoughts, Jeff? Well, 
know, it's it's one of those things where it's easy to say a Brian heel turn will happen, but I don't think it'll be a heel turn that allows Kevin and Sammy to win. I think it'll be flat out friendship from Brian to Kevin and Sammy in the fact that Shane will try to screw the heels out of the match and get them fired. And Brian will step in. It'll be a skirmish. Shane will be taken out one way or the other. And um, Brian will be conflicted about Shane being taken out. And like you said, Hatsasol is probably not going to be out himself because he won't want to abandon Shane, but he will still try to save his friends as much as he can within the realm of the rules. I think Brian needs to come back. If they're gonna, and, and if they're going to clear him, now's the time. And... You know, maybe, just maybe, we will get a heel turn out of this. Maybe, just maybe, the American Dragon, Brian Nielsen, has been cleared already, and this is going to be the, the catalyst to bring him back full time. So I think Owens and Zayn win. I think it's a given. But it really can go with either way. Either Brian begrudgingly counts a three, or happily counts a three after kicking Shane's head off. Man, wouldn't that be amazing to see a heel American Dragon in 2017 in WWE or 2018 in WWE? 2018. I have been wanting him to be not goofy, intense, just flat out brutal American Dragon from the beginning. Because I got to see that Brian quite a bit. Right. PWG. Right. And, you know, around the indie circuit. And he is, when he is bad, he is vicious. Dude, I remember some of those matches. I think, like, in particular, I remember a match he had with Kenta, or Hideo Itami. That Oh, my God. I, just brutal stuff. And you know what I think would be real cool? Because, you know, the fans love the, you know, the kind of the goat version of Daniel Bryan. I, I think it'd be cool because you can see he's growing his hair and his beard out right now. And I think it'd be, I think it'd be amazing if he just like in the middle of the ring just gave the finger to all the fans and just shaved his beard and his head off again, just shaved all his hair off in front of everyone and just, just giant heel, just, just a dick of a human being, Daniel Bryan, American Dragon. I would love that. I mean, we're not going to get it. I highly doubt it, but my God, would that be fun to watch? Well, when Bryan was at his most vicious heel, he had a beard, like a, like a Jim Neidhart devil beard. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. It could go either way. Yeah, man, I got. I still get those flashes of like Daniel Bryan with like the eye patch on and like his arm all all taped up and all. Man, just good stuff, just good stuff. He, he just he's such a unique personality in that he has never been the most charismatic dude on the planet. He never will be, but he engages the audience no matter what he does. When he's in that ring or on that microphone. He finds a way to engage the audience. And I think him going to the dark side, if you will, will only benefit everybody involved. WWE, Brian Danielson, and the fans. Hey, I couldn't agree more. Hey, Jeff, thanks again for coming on the show, man. And you It's know, always a pleasure, brother. It's, all, it's always a pleasure. It's, it's likewise, man. And I want to mention once again that these picks were brought to you by WrestleRumble.com. So make sure to get your picks out there. Jeff's throwing in a NoDQ.com t-shirt to the winner. So if anyone hears this, I'm, I'm going to get together with Matt from WrestleRumble and make sure we make that happen for the winner. Uh, so a little extra prize for you guys, as along with you know 500 cash and a custom authentic WWF Winged Eagle Championship belt. 
And that's just the first place prize. There's cash on the line, second, third, fourth, fifth. I mean, there's a lot of money, a lot of prizes over there at WrestleRumble.com. And, you know, this is a historic day, Jeff. I don't know if you know this. And I don't know if this is relevant for uh, for you at all. But it is for, you know, those of those of us that grew up, you know, in the, kind of the, the 90s era. Um, AOL Instant Messenger is dead as of today. AIM, AIM is officially, uh, it's done, finally, after 20 years. series of Q&A question and answer via text that I sent to Chris Stratus that she answered, sent back the email back to me that my uh, fiance at the time, Dylan's mom, Jane and I hosted, and we actually made first contact with Trish over Instant Messenger. So, wow. Semester, so, yeah, it's one of those things where growing up in the 90s, early 2000s, that was the place to be with AOL Instant Messenger, and now it is, it is no longer. Dude, that was the the first, the really the first real text messages, the real that like that like you know the masses were using, like you know the right, real text yeah, messages, yeah. the first emojis. You know, I remember the smiley faces and the, oh, yeah. and I mean, so I mean, <laughs> so OGs like ourselves. I mean, AIM was a big deal. So I want to give that last shout out here. You know, R.I.P. AOL and some messenger. Uh, it it really did help change the world. Uh, you know, kind of in its own way. So. Man, I appreciate it, Jeff. Hey, we'll talk soon, buddy, and enjoy Clash of Champions. I can't wait to see how we do in comparison to the listeners over there at WrestleMobile.com. If this year's been an indication, I'm a horrible Sunday, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff. Have a good one, man. All right, everyone. Once again, that was Jeff Meacham from NoDQ.com, the reigning, defending, undisputed, three-time champion of NoDQ.com's Wrestling Trivia Challenge. I hope I got it right that time. I think I did. Uh, so thanks again to Jeff for coming on the show. He got his plugs out there. I'm going to do mine real quick, and we'll get on out of here. Uh, I mentioned it a thousand times. WrestleRumble.com is where to go. Check it out. I'm not going to say it anymore. WrestleRumble.com. Follow them on Twitter, at WrestleRumble. That simple. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at FightTalk underscore. That's at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Uh, got a Facebook group as well. Just search at Fight Talk Podcast. Uh, you know, real easy to find me on Facebook, real easy to find me on Twitter. And please subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. Please leave me a five-star rating and please uh, give me a review. It helps the podcast out so much. I'll give you some free stuff courtesy of my sponsors just for doing that. It takes you just a few seconds out of your day, five-star rating and a review. It really helps me out a lot. I know I said all the time, but it is the truth. Please jump on whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Got t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, whatever you can think of. Different sizes, different colors, a whole bunch of different stuff for you, different designs. Uh, whatever you're looking for, it's there for you at whatamaneuver.net. And as far as my sponsors go, I've mentioned WrestleRumble.com. Also want to mention Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. Brian Jensen is a USA boxing coach and personal trainer. He corners professional boxers, and he can help you get in better shape, learn self-defense, learn how to throw hands, or just polish up your existing boxing skills. 
If you want to give them a call, hit them up directly, 404-316-4516, or shoot them an email, brian at delgadoboxing.net. That is B-R-Y-A-N at delgadoboxing.net. He can also be found on Instagram. Give him a follow at BMJ MMA. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen right now. And last but never least, shout out to our friends at Heroes and Legends. Heroes and Legends is a pro wrestling collectible and memorabilia company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines, uh, DVDs, autographed memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. I always have a hard time saying the word memorabilia. That's a tough one, especially when you say it a lot of times in a row, but... Hey, I'll do my best. I'm no professional. Just here for you guys and for myself. Fun fun, fun little show for us, right, as wrestling and MMA fans. Um, you know, as far as Heroes and Legends goes, they can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling. They're all over the place. I'll get you guys uh, some dates very soon as to where you can find Heroes and Legends live and in person. And I know they have some great guests coming up soon as far as, uh, you know, some guys that they're going to, some guys and gals, I should say, that they're going to bring in, be bringing with them um, to some of their shows coming up. So once again, that's HL Pro Wrestling on all social media. Heroes and Legends, great guys that do great business. I'm starting to starting to slur and mumble over my words, so it's probably a good time to get out of here. So thank you once again to Jeff Meacham for coming on the show. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy WWE Clash of Champions. Jump on WrestleRumble.com, and I'll be back soon. Hey,